Hello, and welcome to Sundays at Coastal. This week, Minister Joe Ramirez preaches a sermon titled, God Remembered, from Genesis chapter 8, verses 1. Let go of the lie that God has forgotten you and embrace the powerful truth of His faithfulness. Despite moments of feeling alone or abandoned, remember that God remembers is a recurring theme throughout Scripture. His promises for your life will never be forgotten or forsaken. Trust in His perfect timing and allow the assurance of His unfailing love to bring restoration, hope, and joy into your journey. Lord, we just love Joe and we affirm all your gifts in him. Thank you for the ministry that he does here at this church. Bless him. Fill him with your spirit. And we give him permission to speak to our heart of hearts today, Jesus. Uh, And we thank you for him. Bless him, Jesus. And bless this time. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Wow. I feel like Andy kind of showed me up on my announcement video, so... (laughs) have to show him up on preaching, so we'll see what happens. (laughs) Okay, it's getting hot in here. Anyways, all right. Hey, if you guys are new here, I just welcome you for joining us this morning, and if you guys have been for the journey for a while, thanks for showing up today. Um, Our church believes in three things, and I want to share those guys with you. So the first one is hope beyond our brokenness. Um, We're all a hot mess. I hope you guys are willing to admit that or at least know that already. I am as well, so it's definitely not uh, some of us are doing amazing and some of us are doing terrible. Like, I feel like we're all probably just trying to keep our heads above water for the most part. So there is always, always hope beyond our brokenness. Um, The next thing that we believe in is trust in our risen Savior. And man, that's been such a huge lesson. You know, we look to him, our salvation, because he, he rose from the dead. But I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned this past year is that you can't experience resurrection unless you first experience death. And that's part of that journey that we go through. And that's the hard part, because that part sucks. But that's, that's just a necessary part of, of where we're going. And that's what takes us to the, the third part of what we believe, which is restoration for our community. And that to see the different things that we do, the, the change for a dollar, to see the needs that are met and how precisely it is, um, there was a message that came through yesterday for a family here in town that needs a couch and a chair. And I was like, oh, we have couches and chairs. We've got them <laughs> coming out of our ears. So we've reached out to them and we're gonna try to get them one here on Monday. And just being able to love people in a practical way, in a tangible way. And you guys have loved me in very practical and tangible ways. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. So um, those three things bring us to a very active choice. And so we say these things every Sunday to reaffirm that. Uh, So today, if you guys will follow with me. um, Today, I choose to be changed by Jesus. I choose to seek Jesus first. And I choose to join Jesus in his resurrection work. Um, So as far as shout outs go, I don't know Andy's list, but I want to give a shout out to my nephew, Caleb. You guys have prayed for him over the last uh, couple years. He's literally a little miracle. His heart has been transformed and physically healed through the, just the science of medicine, and he's doing amazing. So I thank you guys for all of that. Uh, and actually, I'm going to give a shout out to Jimmy Vargas over here. He was my junior high youth group leader. So when you pour into teenagers, it actually does work sometimes. <laughs> we, we made it. Um, so with that, can I uh, 
share with you guys what the Lord has spoken to me this, this last couple of weeks? Um, so I see you guys all showed up this morning. So I guess you either believe in me or want to see me implode like the Seagate submersible. We'll see what happens. Was that, was that too soon? Um, I've taught several studies before. We, we joke around about this all the time. Uh, I grew up in a different tradition, but that was the word we used for Sunday morning was Bible studies. So this is my first sermon. Um, I want to thank you guys for being here with me. I've had the privilege of growing up in church, um, and despite all that, I have felt lost over the years, and not in relation to my faith in Jesus, but it was more what my life was supposed to look like. Um, I've had so many passions and ideas and things over the years, but for whatever reason, they just never came to be. Um, there just like wasn't an opportunity for those things to happen, and like my life isn't what it was supposed to look like when I was growing up. Um, suddenly, what had once been a calling from the Lord felt like empty promises. And now it was a burden that reminded me of my wasted potential. And if I can share a little piece of my heart with you guys, it might get a little messy. I'm going to try not to cry, but um, that's the plan for this morning. So if we can pray. Father, we just come before you right now, Lord. I give you this thanks for just a chance to share with this uh, group of believers, Lord. I thank you for the chance to just even be here right now. I pray that you would just bind the enemy, Lord, bind anything that would be opposed to us this morning and that your Holy Spirit would just fill this room and that we could just be encouraged together and that we could just be reminded of how amazing you are, how much you love us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So uh, the context of today, we're going to go back to uh, Genesis. We've been uh, in James for a little while, so um, I've got a little painting here to show you guys. I made this with AI this week, so it was kind of fun. Um, you know, Noah's Ark is a big story when you're in Sunday school growing up. This is like one of the pinnacle stories that we go through. Uh, but first, let me just take you back to the, set the stage that, of why we arrived here in this giant boat. Um, God created the most amazing garden ever, right? He tells Adam and Eve they can live there rent-free, food's taken care of, everything's going to be great, and they screwed up. They decided to take control of their own lives. They decided to not trust what God had said. And he kicks them out and he promises, I'm going to send a savior and we're going to fix this eventually. And over the following chapters, we see humanity just kind of spiral into chaos. Cain kills his brother. Nephilim, whatever the heck those are, are having sex with women and giving birth to giants and they're running around. And evil's just rampant. And that's, what, that's where we are. And eventually God's just like, bro, I can't do this anymore. This is too much. And he's like, we're going to start over. We're going to wipe it clean. But God sees Noah and sees his family. And he says, look, it, here's the plan. I want you to build this giant boat, pick up some animals, throw them in there, and it's going to be fine. Just trust me. And I can imagine Noah going home being like, okay, honey, check it out. This is what we're going to do. <laughs> Probably... A tough conversation. Um, now, I'm no math whiz, but according to Genesis chapter 7, Noah and his family spend seven days in the ark before it even starts raining. Then it rains for like 40 days and 40 nights. And then they're just floating around for another 150 days. Like, that's a long time to be in a boat. Um, if you guys remember COVID not too long ago, like, we were just told to stay at home and we almost lost our minds. Like, it was absolute chaos. So imagine 
there's this 600-year-old man and his wife and their kids, and they're just taking care of the animals. Who knows what's happening with the poop? <laughs> and when you go to the Lido deck to take your lunch, there's like debris floating around. There could be like bodies out there. Like it's, this is not the Disney cruise that going to the Bahamas. This is not what that is. Um, and eventually it's literally just them floating around with nothing to be seen as far as the eye can see. Uh, so with that, let's, let me read uh, Genesis 8-1 together. But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the cattle that were with him in the ark. And God caused the wind to pass over the earth and the waters subsided. So God remembered is such an interesting phrase to me. Um, and it just begs the question, did God forget about Noah? Uh, did he get distracted? And his Apple Watch gave him an alert, like, hey, Noah's still out there floating. Like, don't forget about him. And see, we can feel that way. We can feel like we're in the middle of nothingness and just feel lost. And I've wondered where God is. God, you promised to be present. You said that you would bless me. It isn't supposed to be this way. And it's in this moment when we feel the hopelessness that God moves. The second half of this verse, it says that God causes a wind to pass over the earth. Um, <clears throat> the Hebrew word there here is ruach with a <laughs> And it's the very same word that we see in Genesis chapter 1-2. I think I have a slide for that. We can click over to that. Is there one? It's okay if there's not. Don't worry about it. I have it written down. <clears throat> now it says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And that word there, the Spirit of God, is the same word, ruach, that's in Genesis um, 8-1 that says that his, the wind moved over the waters. And so God's Spirit is floating over the chaotic waters. And here in chapter 8, it's the same thing. And it's a theme that we would see repeated in Scripture over and over again. And Genesis 8.1 is actually anchored right in the center of Noah's story. It goes from Genesis 5 to Genesis 9. And literally right in the dead center of those verses is where you see Genesis 8.1. And that's when we see the chaos of this flood, the chaotic waters, be transformed into creation and be transformed into restoration. And it's at that time that we see that the biblical authors write, God remembers, and we're not meant to understand that he forgot anything. We're meant to see that he's delivering on his promises. And that's the part that I want to focus on, waiting on his promises. Um, I grew up just a few blocks from here, and like most kids, I had big dreams for the future. Things, for the most part, were going according to plan. Um, <clears throat> I graduated from Roy Grande High School. I moved to Rochester, New York. I was, had a full-ride academic scholarship, and everything was going to be perfect. One day, I was walking down the hallway of the engineering building, and there was this guy, just some random guy, walking the opposite way. And it's a big school. I didn't know a lot of people. And as we're passing one another, he just says, you're going to do great things for the Lord, and just keeps walking. And I remember just kind of looking over my shoulder, like, who's this guy? I don't know who he is. And I just honestly 
didn't know what to do with that. I never saw him again. We didn't have like a conversation or anything that just kind of floated around in the back of my mind over the next 20 years. Um, after not finishing college and returning home, and that's a whole other sermon, I was very active in my church, and I did feel a strong call to pastor. Um, I taught Sunday school. I taught the youth group. I taught the college group. I taught our midweek studies a few times. And then over time, I was just never asked to teach anymore. Um, later, I wanted to help with our digital media and our web stuff. And for one reason or another, I just wasn't given a chance. And later on, I tried to get involved in our men's ministry. And again, I just couldn't get any traction. And as my marriage crumbled around me, and as financial stress weighed me down, and as my health slowly began to decline, I just sort of gave up. And after 15 years of like spinning my wheels, it looked like I wasn't going to do anything for the Lord. I wasn't going to fulfill any of those promises or live up to any of that potential. Um, there's a, one of my favorite movies is A Bronx Tale. I don't know if you guys have seen that. I love mobster movies. They don't have their priorities straight, but they kind of have... <laughs> but family's important, so I appreciate that. Um, there's a quote there from Lorenzo Anello. He's the father played by Robert De Niro. And he's talking to his son, Cologinal, and he says, the saddest thing in life is wasted talent. And that's the, kind of the theme of the whole movie, and at the end, they're reflecting on that. And those words haunted me for years. I would read the parable of the talents and assume I was the guy that had buried them. And there was so much promise and potential, and I hadn't lived up to any of it. And that's when the promises of God became a curse, and they became a weight that was just crushing my very soul. And see, I didn't understand the concept of waiting. Um, I've always been a go-getter. We do these uh, strength finders assessments with the staff, and one of my strengths is I'm an activator. And I've got a slide for that. This is what it describes as an activator. It says, people who are especially talented in the activator theme can make things happen by turning thoughts into action. They are often impatient. <laughs> and that just speaks right to me. Um, I get things rolling. That's what I do. That's what I'm really, really good at. And when I'm trusting God and I'm giving him control with my life, it's a wonderful thing. And it works best when I operate in his strength and not my own. But after experiencing heartbreak and disappointment, I stopped trusting God. And I basically figured that he had forgotten about me. If he hadn't, I wouldn't be going through these trials that I was dealing with. I wouldn't be having the brokenness in my life. I would have accomplished more. If he had delivered, then things wouldn't be the way they were. So I decided to take control. I decided, you know, God, things aren't going according to plan, so I think I've got it from here. And this is where we fall. We believe the lie that we can take care of things better than the creator of the universe. Like, I don't understand supernovas and black holes. I don't understand why honey crystallizes when water gets in there. I don't get why toast always falls with the butter side down. I don't know why those things happen. But I convinced myself that I would do a better job of managing my life than God. So in 2020, during the height of the pandemic, uh, I ended up working three different jobs. 
I was the night auditor at the Madonna Inn. That was an experience. Um, you can have enough champagne cake that it's not good anymore. Um, I was the interim athletic director uh, at Coastal Christian School and coaching and doing a bunch of stuff there. And I was still working as a digital marketing consultant. And I was literally dying. Like, I would basically eat and sleep and then go to work. That was my existence during that year. And it was terrible. Um, and I was in my own arc. And there was just chaos around. Then God remembered. And I was looking for jobs in hopes of having like a normal sleep schedule. That was like the main plan. And I saw the posting for the position here at Coastal Community Church. Um, my friend's dad was actually the pastor here when I was a kid, so I've had sleepovers in this building before and played laser tag, and I was pretty familiar with the church. And as I read the job description, I was thinking to myself, like, I'm perfect, like, for the job. Like, I'm not perfect, but you guys know what I mean. And I submitted my application, and they sent me some follow-up questions and a couple assignments. I had to edit a video and do some like little project coordination stuff. And I put together quality work and sent it back, and I honestly had no doubt in my mind that I would get this job. Like it was just a done deal. And I was invited for an interview, put it on my calendar, I was all excited. And then I had worked the night shift the night before, and I overslept. I literally overslept. And I woke up in a panic, and I called April, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I overslept. I was, you know, I worked last night, but if I can still come, please, you know, can we do this? And she said, sure, no problem. And so I rolled out of bed, got dressed, drove way too fast down those barrows, and, and I got here, and they were so gracious during that interview, and, you know, we, we went over everything, and I just was like, Lord, what happened? Like, this was going to be perfect. This was going to be like the greatest job. And then all of a sudden, it's like I screwed it up again. I, I thought I had opportunity, and I couldn't wake up in time. I missed my alarm. Something so simple. And it, was, it became disappointment again. Now, needless to say, I got the job, thankfully. Um, but I have to share with you guys, this church body has been the Ruach in my life. This is where I have been able to like, feel the anchor point where my life went from chaos into creation again. And I've been able to experience that restoration that we talk about every week. Um, I've learned what healthy vulnerability looks like, and I fight, finally fight against the lies that my life is a waste. So 22 years after that random guy told me that I was gonna do great things for God, I find myself serving in a place where great things are happening. I'm encouraged to use my gifts of teaching. I use my skills in digital design and marketing every day. I even get to work with our men's ministry. God never forgot. He just hadn't taken action yet. He had a time and a place for me, and there was nothing I could do to change that. So you may not think about this about your whole life, but there are parts of your life where you feel you've destroyed things. I've wrecked my family, I've wrecked my finances, my body, my career. 
So for a moment here, can I invite you guys into some exchange work? Can we uh, reject a lie here? If you guys can say this with me. I reject the lie that I've ruined God's good plan for my life and God is done with me. And we're going to accept the truth that I am loved by God right here and right now and he has good things for me. So last summer, my good friend Coley, we were sitting together uh, over across the street on the little patio and I'm sharing with him a little bit about my life and sharing with him how I was like on plan LMNOP, maybe Z, like plans A and B had long gone out of the window years ago. And he looked at me just dead in the eye and he just said, you know, God doesn't have a backup plan. And it, it just rocked me. Like I was dumbstruck. I sat there with him for like 20 minutes, unable to like converse because it was, I had to change my entire worldview we don't surprise or shock or disappoint God. He knows everything already. It's not like you make a choice and he's like, oh man, okay, we can recover from this. Let me figure this out. That's not his response, but that's how I've been living my whole life. And it's like somehow we believe that Adam and Eve eating a fruit or Moses killing an Egyptian or Peter denying Jesus could stop the will of God. It's not possible. There's nothing you can do to stop the sovereign will of God. And what is God's will? It's to restore you at the very core of your being and to live in the abundance of his love and mercy. It's to elevate you as a son or daughter of the king filled with the Holy Spirit to change the lives that are around you. It's to have the ruach that brings creation out of chaos live inside each and every one of you. So during our staff meetings, we often joke that this is an island of misfit toys. <laughs> we have such varied stories among the staff, but we all have experienced a lot of the same wounds. Um, and I asked Matt, our minister of magic, if I could share something he mentioned to our staff a couple weeks ago. Um, so Matt moved to California from Pennsylvania in 2007 uh, with a friend of his, and they wanted to start a high school ministry focused around high school kids and kids that were in bands specifically. So this was down in Orange County. And one of his facets of this ministry was to have like, to offer like uh, recording sessions or a recording studio for young kids in their bands so that they could like get their music off the ground. Matt's an amazing musician. He's, he's awesome and all of that. And it just never got off the ground. It just didn't happen. And again, that was something rolling around in the back of his mind. So here we are 16 years later, and Matt finally gets to do that exact thing here in this sanctuary. And he was doing that with Ronnie and his band, and they were playing a couple weeks ago. We could hear him across the street, and Matt was just beaming because God had never forgotten that promise. And Matt just said, I can't express how satisfying it is for this to be happening. God remembered. So can I ask you guys a scary question? Can I ask you guys to be honest with me? Like, you don't need to answer out loud. But what promises do you believe that have been forgotten? Where do you believe God has let you down? And are you willing to let go of the lies that you've been forgotten? Are you willing to step into the peace that God is always faithful no matter what?
And I want to invite you to let go of that, that you can't trust God and step into the truth that God remembers you. So if we can say this together, I reject the lie that I can't trust God and I accept the truth that God remembers me. So now that you've welcomed creation into chaos, I got to share something with you guys. Um, It's not necessarily happily ever after from here. People can still wreck you. Tragedy will still strike, and there's still going to be difficulty. Uh, After Noah gets back to dry land, he immediately gets drunk. The Israelites make idols after God has delivered them from Egypt. And David destroys his family after being anointed by God. Like, this is just what we do. Um, We continue to ruin things. But let me encourage you. Uh, We went through the book of Luke, it felt for like 10 years. (laughs) But at the beginning of that, sorry Andy. At the beginning of that story, if you remember, there's a priest, Zechariah, and his wife, and they're going to be welcoming in the Messiah, right? Zechariah isn't able to talk. They're going to have John. It's, you know, all this stuff. Um, but one thing is, I was looking through this, the name Zechariah literally means God remembers. And as we're introduced to the story of our Messiah, we are again reminded that God is faithful in his promises. It's been his plan since the very beginning to bring restoration to us. God remembers his promises to send a redeemer to us. And his ruach again descends on Jesus as a dove, just like it did with Noah in the ark. And so you see, it's all one continuous story. It's all been connected from the very beginning. And the beauty is, is that as you guys remember God's faithfulness over the millennia, you guys are all part of that story. God is stringing together those moments throughout your life. And so it's not so much that God has forgotten. It's not that there's empty promises. It's that he hasn't moved yet. And so I encourage you guys to wait on those promises. I encourage you guys to welcome in the Ruach, the, the Spirit of God to come and change things from chaos to creation. And again, it's not going to be easy, but God's so faithful. And so you can rest in the peace that God remembers the promises that he has made for you guys, and he's going to be faithful to fulfill them. Amen? Amen. Okay, let me pray with you guys real quick here. Lord, we just come before you. I give you thanks, Lord, for this chance to come up and share with my church family here, Lord. I thank you for these folks as they have just loved me so well, Lord. I thank you for the restoration that's come in my life and that the promises weren't forgotten, Father. I pray that we would all be encouraged, Lord, to rest in those promises, to know that you are ever faithful, Lord, like we sang earlier during worship, Father. I just I pray that you would be in the messy parts of our lives, Lord, that we would be willing to give back control. And I pray that you would just begin that transformation in each and every one of us as we go forward, Lord, and that we could then go and help to spark that transformation in others. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, you guys want to play a song or something? Sweet. Um, whew, we made it. Oh. Um, hey, if you guys, yeah, no, if you guys can stand, I've never done a benediction before, so I have to read it because I'll mess it up. So if you guys can stand and receive the Lord's benediction, may the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Lord loves you guys. Thank you guys for being here. Amen. If you guys want to come up for prayer, we're here. There's table talk across the street. And there's amazing food out on the patio. So we love you guys and thank you. Joe Ramirez is the Minister of Communications at Coastal Community Church. It's located in Grover Beach, California, and serves communities across the Central Coast. Join us online each week on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. for our weekly live stream. We also have two in-person services at 9 a.m. and 10.40 a.m. in our sanctuary. Coastal Community Church is located at 1830 Farrell Road, Grover Beach, California. For more information, visit our website, www.mycoastal.org. Thank you, and have a great day.